Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 414. That's a lot of episodes. I hope you're all well. Um, this week's guest is our Sleaford Mods. And I was delighted to get Jason and Andrew on for a good old um, a good old chat. L- last week was actually the seven-year anniversary of the Distraction Pieces podcast, so I've put out an episode of this at least once a week for seven years, and I couldn't think of a pair of guests I'd have on. I'd like to start the next year, the eighth year, more than than these two guys. Um, I'd been chatting about having either Jason or both of them on for a while, and it finally kind of came together and worked out and nicely here with the remix they've got coming out or out of the moment and yeah everything that's been going on in this last year or two I really as said I I rate these guys you'll hear I rate these guys massively and that only went up after having an hour or so on zoom with them having a little chat if this is your first time listening head into the back catalogue I've had loads of good guests Mike Skinner, Kano, Getz, Wretch, who else? Both Killer Mike and LP from Run the Jewels, Roots Maneuver. I'm drawing blanks now, but I've had loads of good people. Saul Williams, Mary J. Blige. Yeah, just loads of good people. So go and have a bit of a hunt about and see what catches your eye. As ever, we're brought to you by speechdevelopmentrecords.com. That's where you can buy my merch, my r- music, DVDs, vinyl, all sorts of good stuff. And I've got a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Pip. It's a a, a, a dollar a month, I think. I don't really do much over there, so you don't have to throw that in if you don't want to. But it's kind of there for if you've listened to, you know, s- seven years worth of weekly conversations. You, you might think a dollar a month. You know, I feel I feel that's fair. I'll throw that pips way. So yeah, do that. That's up to you. Um, also, thank you for all the love from everyone who went to see Venom 2 in this opening weekend. I've got so many messages from people who saw my scenes and got all excited. And believe me, the excitement is even higher in me because I can't believe I'm involved in in something as cool as that. Also, I've been filming last week. I was doing a thing with Jed Shepard and Alice Lowe and Hayley, Emma, Gemma, Radina, and Caroline, all from the film Host. We're doing a live-action horror computer game called Ghosts, and that was really good fun. So, yeah, I believe you can pre-order that now, but in general, keep an eye out for that because I think that's going to be really impressive. Yeah, I don't need to tell you anything else. Let's get into this conversation. This is episode 414 of the Distraction Pieces podcast with the wonderful Sleaford Mods. Perfect. Right, I'm here today with Jason and Andrew of Sleaford Mods. How are you boys doing? Yeah, fine, mate. Good. All right. How are you? I'm good. How, how have you both been holding up in these in these weird times? I say it at the beginning all the time now, but how are yeah. you has got so much of a heavier question yeah. with, over the last year. So how have you both both been? <sighs> I think it's, it's worked out for the band. It's been great, hasn't it, really? Mm. You know what I mean? I guess so, yeah. It's like we kicked out a decent album and I think, uh, I think from, from my point of view, it's messed with my head a little bit at times, but generally, I've been okay, you know what I mean? I feel, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, I mean, so, Andrew, you've seemed all right. Yeah, I mean, it's the thing a lot of musicians say or music makers say that life's not really any different because you usually, like... He's just sat you back. You'd locked in a room anyway, making music <laughs> all the time. So yeah, <laughs> it's, business. it's like you know, apart from every now and again, you go, oh yeah, you know, like I just went to Sainsbury's, and you don't have to wear masks in Sainsbury's anymore. Yeah, and I want to go to is like it's dead, so I, you know, I don't wear a mask in there. But then there's about three people wearing masks, and like you know, people wear them on the chin. They don't yeah. even wear. Yeah, them, yeah, sure. You know, yeah, and it just becomes a bit laughable, doesn't it? Really, you know. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's all a bit of a mess. It's a funny the dichotomy between a, a, a producer and a lyricist, though, right? Because, yeah, in this period, mm. I can imagine a producer can bury themselves 
do music. Yeah. One of the tough parts as a lyricist is you kind of have a responsibility to be <laughs> in deep on all of it and keeping keeping like being aware of everything that's going on, but that For can real, be yeah. fucking exhausting, right? I know I found that back in the day when I was writing that there was a period where I'm like, right, I feel on top of everything. I'm really, I know what's going yeah. on here politically, this, yeah. this, this. And then it got to a point where I was like, man, I don't want to be as deep into all of this no. as I am. It's it's exhausting. So yeah, yeah, how have you found that, I guess? Yeah, I've kind of shied away from that totally. I get where you're coming from. It's like initially, initially there was this kind of panic to feel like you had to be immersed in all things political and, and keep on top. You're voice of the people, isn't you? Yeah, it's bullshit, kind of like, fuck, bullshit, absolute I don't bullshit. want this. And I didn't ask to be. No, fuck that. <laughs> uh, do you know what I mean? It's like, no. So um, now I've shied away from that and I just... I just look at it as a whole and just tap into the mood yeah, and uh, tap into personal stuff, et cetera, et cetera. But I wouldn't address specific political uh, uh, happenings, you know, in, in full. I think it's really patronising as well, isn't it? You know what I yeah. mean? But you do, yeah, you do get that panic feeling, or you did, of like, oh, OK, I better, uh, I better write an essay on... Uh, Universal credit or something, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I completely you know understand saying? it. It's it's genuinely one of the reasons I started a podcast, but because I felt that people perceived me as more knowledgeable or more preachy or more whatever else. But because of lyrics and misunderstanding lyrics, a point I I would always try and I'd comment on stuff, but I wouldn't claim to have an answer because I I realised after mm. years of being proper going on marches, here's my views, I've got it all figured out. I went, right, well, I've got it all figured out for me, a 40-year-old yeah. white man who's lived in the same town in Essex his whole life. Yeah. I, I haven't got it figured out for a 24-year-old single mum in Blackpool. No. Or a 57-year-old, no. yeah. you know, nan in, in, in Margate or yeah. whatever else. It's like, yeah. how can I... Th- right. It's one thing to figure out in your own head, so... Despite the fact, you know, some of my stuff in the past has been misinterpreted as preachy, half the time it's trying to just go, look, here's some stuff. <laughs> what do you think? Well, I don't think yeah. your stuff wasn't that preachy. It wasn't preachy at all. It's just like intelligent observation. It's here's like, what we're talking about, yeah. And we've got to a point in society where if you show any inch of, like, intelligence or if, you've, if you show any inch of, like, a, an awareness of actual truth... You get fucking, you get called this and that, you know. Yeah. It's like, it's incredible, really. It's yeah. Like, fucking hell. Or it's, it's one of the things I was going to b- bring up anyway. Again, more to you, Jason, as I know your different relationships with social media, but social media is the king of that, right? And it's a fucking, it's a powerful place. It's where you and I first started talking, things like that. There's positives, yeah. but yeah. it's a yeah. fucking shithole as well, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's shit. It can be really. I know you, I've seen you seem to str- struggle at times on oh, there gotcha, over this yeah. last year, where it's yeah. getting too much, and you don't know. Yeah. You know, it's hard to yeah. step away at points. How yeah, do you find the balancing of all that? I think like the worst parts of it are is someone going to come round my ass? You know, is uh, <laughs> is <it's, laughs> someone really going to? You know, especially with particularly with recent things, the Leave Remain debate, anti-vaccine yeah. debate. You know, even slagging bands, or not so much slagging bands off, you know, that's that's kind of on its own. But the more political things, you get to a point where it's like someone's going to someone's gonna come up to me in the street and I've got to be ready for it. <laughs> and it's, be, it's, it's the being ready for it at all times, isn't it? That's the bit that yeah, fucks yeah. with your head. Genuinely, yeah. but back when I was touring, I had such peace with that because I was like, well, I've got a list of places I'm going to be. So if anyone's got an issue, then they can come to this gig or this venue. And yes. there was a point when we had problems with the BMP because they had started to use one of our songs on some of their, their promo videos. Fuck and we got up, all of it. We what? cease and desist. It was a weird one because we were like, that. the point of the song was stand up for what you believe in regardless of the backlash and all this and that. So technically, yeah. they were using it correctly. Yeah, sure, technically, sure, they're, sure. They're, 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 yeah, they're doing yeah. what it says, but yeah. no, nah, fuck those racists. So, so, oh, so we had them all taken down <laughs> and we did posts about it. And there was a point back then that I was cons- considering looking at us getting extra security at shows or whatever, because the okay. outlook was, well, you've got an issue. 
yeah. know that we're going to be yeah. at Coco yeah. Yeah. on the 28th. You uh-huh. know, you've got that kind of option. But I don't know, there was more of a peace with that rather than you might see me walking around Sainsbury's on Thursday and yeah. it'll kick off. It's like I'd rather I'd rather have that control of knowing where there might be some trouble than yes. it could be at any point, which with the anti-vax and the anti and all, or all of the, the Brexit stuff, all of that is, yeah, it makes it constant. I think I think most of these people, nearly all of them, all of them, in fact, wouldn't wouldn't approach you. You know, yeah. it's they're strictly operational on social media, and that's it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but uh, doesn't make it any easier in the sense of how you just get angry. You know, but the thing is, I like getting angry. I like getting aggressive, and I like I like sounding off because. I walk around a lot of the time, like most people do, with things in my head that piss me off. So therefore, I'm going to look at something else in order to relieve whatever is going on in my head, you know. So in a way, I'm, I'm just as bad, you know. Yeah. But uh, I'd like to think that uh, <laughs> politics are a little bit better than most of these idiots, you know what I mean? Have, have, have you found anything to, to help relieve that again i saw on on twitter i think it was yesterday you were out having a run early and it felt like it was a run that was medically required yeah. rather than chosen well i think <laughs> so yeah I, need, I, mean, I need to go and run this off yeah definitely exercise helps i mean both yeah. myself and andrew have immersed ourselves in exercise you know we're completely almost devoted to it it's, it's been a real life changer you know what i mean uh, but i think also particularly for me battling with people and or, or just using social media as a form of mild self-harm, you know. Sometimes it helps to just step away. And just to, I'm starting now to think about it before I actually do it. And a lot of the time that kind of stops me from doing it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that moment of consideration. Consideration and, like, are you really prepared to go through four days of blanket... <laughs> Blanket fucking, it's, it's literally fucking bang, 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 people well, coming in. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? I spoke yeah. of the kind of social responsibility as 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 writers and musicians, but I feel I will only do a tweet that's political or something if I've got the time to keep an eye on it, because my fear is it kicks off in the replies and there's some sure. nasty cunts in there. It's like, yeah. I feel yeah. I need to be there to block people, to, yes. to or even just to keep the fight civil yeah <laughs> if, if yeah, you know yeah. what i mean it's yeah if if, if i want to say something big i need to have space in my diary to keep an eye on it is is the way i kind of view it because i'm setting off this bomb i can't then just walk away and go all right no enjoy that lads no. so yeah. i think i like andrew's approach to it it was like oh, i got this fucking message yesterday from this bloke i'm like Twah. i thought oh why can't i be like that you know <laughs> yes. instead of i got this message what are you talking what He's a bit more... I think, you know, with Andrew, as you've said, sometimes it affects you sometimes, but you just step away and you get over it, don't you? It's a fine line between pressing the tweet button and not pressing it. Yeah. Totally, totally, yeah. Do you you find that then, Andrew, that kind of, that taking a breath, that... Because, again, I completely understand that as well. There's been points where I've typed out a reply and that's been all I needed. I can now delete yeah, exactly, that. I don't yeah. need to, yeah, to, to actually click tweet. I can type yeah, it out. Yeah. It's out of my head. It's like, right, yeah. cool. I do that all the time. Now you get on yeah, with your all life. The time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a, good, that's a good point. I love that as an approach. People don't listen anyway. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, they don't listen, no. They just listen to the bits that they want to hear and react how they want to react to it. Yeah. You know? That's a good point, actually. It takes restraint, though, doesn't it? Because I've had that before where I've sent a reply and I'm checking every few minutes to see if this cunt has replied back because I'm, 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 it's, it's not even their tweet that's done me and it's like I've b- buried in there try and come back I know what you're going to yeah. come back with I've got the next one prepared <laughs> but that's where it's a dark a, a dark place isn't it so so what exercise are you boys have you boys got into because I had a similar thing where I did years of touring and eating like a prick and being unhealthy and then I got a little bit older yeah. and went alright yeah. This needs some work. This yeah. needs some attention. Yeah. I've just been going to the gym. Yeah. Going to a warehouse gym down the road. Wicked. Like Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays. And um, yeah, you know, it's been really good. It's like, uh, they play like metal and hip hop in there all the time. So I can deal with it. You know, it's like, <laughs> I think I've never been to a gym before because I just can't deal with him. The kind of people and the environment. Mate. But this is like a proper, you know, muscle builders. Yeah. 
kind of place. Nobody bothers you, do they? It's just really real. Do you know what I mean? There's loads of people that compete in there and stuff. So um, the guy that runs it competes. And Love it. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's been really good. You know, if you go early in the morning, it's empty as well. Uh, Mate, I, I couldn't relate more. Like growing up in Essex, you can imagine what yeah. Essex gyms are like. The few times I tried a gym, I was like, nah, mate, this ain't this ain't yeah. for me. And then I had just enough room in my little conservatory to get some kettlebells, yeah. some, some yeah. a box kettlebells. and a few different things like that. Yeah. And I'm addicted now. I, mm. I, I've been doing yeah. it for years on end and it's the best, yeah, yeah. I feel the best I've ever been. And it's all yeah. because of exactly that. I couldn't have gone yeah. on looking like me and having the thoughts that go on in my head. I couldn't yeah. have gone to a... a a, a gym gym and gone all right you pricks yeah, i'll be there on the absolutely. on the cross trainer just hating everyone for, yeah. <laughs> for, yeah, for yeah. now again now fuck these pricks that's it yeah and <laughs> yeah. they play because the, they play metal and like tech nine and stuff in there you know it's like it's proper angry music to get it off you yeah like, you know yeah. get you in the zone kind of thing you know charge you <laughs> up and fire you up i love it yeah <laughs> i think i've i mean i go to a leisure center i mean it's like 25 quid a month but to be honest, I'm happy with it. You know what I mean? I can go there and use the punch bag and it's never there's never anyone using it. I yeah. can I can pretty much <laughs> please myself on whatever machine or, or weights I want to do. Uh, but again, it's just sometimes because you're regular, people want to have a brief chat with you, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, because they see you in there every day. That does me head in, you know, it's like I don't want to talk yeah. to anyone. Sometimes you don't mind, but a lot of the time you're like, I'm, I'm, I, I, I just, you know what I mean? I can't be arsed. My, my mate who got me into all of it runs a CrossFit gym in, in or just outside Newcastle, uh, Chesterley Street, and he's 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 sent me all my workouts over over text or whatever over the years, and then a few times he's been like, it's all about the community though, it's all about being in there with everyone. I'm like. Nah, it ain't for me. No. For me, it's about being completely on my own. No one's yeah. seeing me. No one gearing yeah. me on. I'm just like, nah. Just the, the few times I've, I've I've gone up there and and had a workout with him, they're all lovely. But still, I'm like, nah. I'd yeah. much rather just be doing this on my own. I'm not competitive, so I don't need that kind of. I'm going to outdo that person. So I'll... it kind of affects your motivation, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Like you know, if you get up and you go there, and, and then you've got to talk to someone for half an hour, it's like I want to get on. With yeah, it. yeah. This is it. Work. It's work. This yeah. is it, mate. Totally, it's work. It's like no, and and especially if they're expressing opinions. Uh, lockdown has been rife for it. Oh, I, th- I just think it's a plan to keep us in the ass. I lost it with one bloke. Just said it's hard, isn't it? I just lost it and ignored him for a two months after that, and then had to. I had to kind of move around the gym where I wasn't going to be near him. <laughs> and in the end, I kind of thought, this is stupid. So I started talking to him again and it's all right now. So I don't have to worry about where I'm working out in relation to where he is. I love it. But, the, oh, thing, the, the thing that got me with all the, the conspiracy theorists, or so many of them, was that all f- not understand the pan part of pandemic. And pan means all. Like all the conspiracy theories yeah. would be like our government are doing this. It's like so our government planned all of this and they got the whole world in on it. <laughs> or again, I saw I saw him. I spoke to some Americans. I was I was, I was filming out in, in Canada at one point and there was oh, a lot of God. Americans on the set. And and one of them was saying no, or, or one of the drivers was saying it's actually it's a conspiracy by um, China or whoever was America's main rival to ruin the American yeah. economy. And I'm like. So they've fucked up the whole world to get at the Americans. Like, that was the thing I had to say to them. Like, you realise it's happening everywhere, right? It's not just happening in America. <laughs> and Britain and America have that mentality that it's happening to us and forget that it's happening yeah. to everyone else. Like, even where we've smashed yeah. it on the vaccines, no one's yeah. really noticing the fact that us smashing it on the vaccines has fucked up so many other countries because we've used the bulk of the vaccines available. And that's... We are yeah. part of the reason a lot of other countries aren't smashing it on the vaccine because we grabbed yeah, it all right. to yes, look after yeah, ourselves. Yeah. And again, yeah. I do think it's good that we've done well with that. But then you also, you look at it as a global thing and go, why weren't the vaccines just di- distributed equally? It's a little bit Dependent odd, on, on, on how many people are in the country and all that yeah, kind of thing. Why, yeah. 
Why was that yeah. not done? But yeah, yeah, the pride of the Brits, we smashed it. It's like, yeah, we fucked other people up. Yeah. Got a message from Amy Taylor from Amal about four in the morning saying we're still in fucking lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. It was yeah. like, how are you? I'm yeah. like, oh, fucking hell. That must be, that must be tough, you know what I mean? It's a nightmare, isn't it? Just again, we, we, yeah. we're, we're really bad despite... The internet making the world a smaller place. We're really bad at taking in anything that isn't just us. I mean, that that yeah. sounds like I'm talking about immigration now, and that's this. That is yeah. another problem. We are yeah. really bad at taking in yeah. anything that isn't just us. But mm. yeah, it's mad how we become so focused on a locality rather than something like this that affects the whole world. It's yeah. Is it because you mm. think it's that it's that island mentality as well? You know, we're cut yeah. off. That, you know, mixed in with the uh, decades of, uh, you know, empire yeah. and uh, uh, God knows what else we, we, we wreaked havoc upon the rest of humanity over the centuries, you it's know. All, it's always history, isn't it? It's always history. Yeah. We've, we've literally got a national anthem that's all about how great the Queen is. <laughs> not about how great our country is, not about how great our economy is, our arts, anything. It's about one woman. That's literally what we all sing proudly. <laughs> Whereas you look at France, and they've got a history of revolution and yeah, standing sure. up. And yeah. that's why when shit goes bad over there, there's protests, there's strikes. They, yeah. they don't yeah. take bullshit. Whereas yeah. we... Yeah. Take bullshit and sing proudly about it. Yes, <laughs> about how great yeah, the yeah, people right. are who are yeah. dominating us. It's uh-huh. it's history, right? Yeah, it always comes peasants. down to history. Yeah, yeah. We're proud peasants <laughs> we now, though. Whereas previously we were <laughs> angry peasants. Now we're proud. Look at our leaders. <laughs> Look at how great the people who rule over us are. Long yeah, to yeah. reign over us is literally in our national yeah, anthem. Yeah. Long to reign over us. Why would you? idolise or fetishise someone reigning over you. That's such negative language that we go, oh. It's, it's like, yeah, it's ingrained in us. Isn't yeah. It? I mean, I, 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 would, I would say, I know, I actually follow more American stuff than I do British yeah. stuff because, you know, it's louder and it's so crazy. And the conspiracy thing is definitely sort of led by the media over yeah. there, you know, all these crazy people. It's not like they don't have a reason to think these crazy things. Completely. You know, if you watch Fox News, Tucker Carlson, he's just insane. Absolute you know, loon, right? Loony, yeah. <laughs> and he's and he's telling all these people just crazy, crazy stuff, you know. And they're just people. They're just people that are looking, that are listening to their news for the truth. So, yeah. I mean, you know, we can talk a lot about the, the the damage that Donald Trump did, but I genuinely think the most endearing or long-standing part of his horrific legacy is the term f- f- fake news because it means that people mm. can just ignore facts now yeah you can yeah, something yeah. an argument can be presented to politely explain why tucker carlson is wrong and you can just go fake news yeah it, it yeah. kills debate yeah. it kills ration mm. it kills debate it kills everything because yeah. everything is a conspiracy uh-huh yeah, yeah, and that's just impossible yeah. to get back from. But it's like a car crash watching American stuff. Yeah. You know, you just can't, you can't help but look. You know, yeah, totally. And it's so much more exciting than British politics, which is so dowdy and boring. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I mean, I can't even bear looking at Andrew Marr for more than a second. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, completely. So I, I find I can't, I can't hardly engage with the narrative. So I'm like, oh god. You know? Yeah, sure. We need more people that are kind of cooler to do. Like you know, digestive politics. Like you know, you got the Daily Show or John Oliver and things like that. Or last week, tonight, yeah, all those things. I've wondered for years why we've never been able to nail that in the UK. I think the closest we've got is is the Mash Report. But still, you look at a John Oliver or the Daily Show, and it's so slick and so perfect and so articulate. And yeah, yeah, John Oliver is my most important weekly watch like, like when it's yeah, on it's like too, I need yeah. to watch this and know what's going on because <laughs> yeah. it's just so perfectly it, it, it makes me feel clever because I feel like I've been studying you know but it makes you feel a bit less alone yeah. as well it makes you feel like there's someone with a TV show that's sort of like digesting stuff into the truth yeah. you know yeah. uh, and, I, and I feel like it's really missing in Britain you know? yeah I completely agree well I mean I do want to talk about the music as well, because as soon as I got into you guys, I was enjoying as a fan, but also curious as someone who used to be in a very similar setup 
of there's one guy dealing with the music and there's one guy dealing with the vocals. So how do you guys work and write? And has the pandemic affected that at all? Because again, it occurred to me, as soon as the pandemic hit, I was like, if I was still making music, it wouldn't have made a difference. Because me and Dan were never in a studio together, really. We'd write very separately. Like we might go in to record or get the, the finished product but we'd yeah. write very separately we'd email stuff back and forth uh-huh. so yeah. what's your process pretty much how it works yeah, yeah. that's kind of how it works yeah. really you know kind of like put things together or mostly put things together send it to jason and then he'll work most of the words on it or all of the words yeah. on it and then we'll just get in and in a week we'll do like you know eight or nine tunes yeah yeah love it. yeah just bosh it out you know in fact tomorrow i'm going into the studio with a slightly different approach, this time Andrew sent me the stems for a song, and so I'm going to go in and put some extra vocals on that, and then I'm going to try and edit it a bit, and then send that back to him to see what he thinks to the edit. And that's the first time we've ever done that, I think, where he's, yeah. you've sent me yeah. the parts. So, um, I so love that. yeah, I think, I, yeah, that's literally how it is. You know, it's so. Quite lucky in that sense, I suppose, aren't we, I guess? I mean, you don't get away with... You have to write songs, good songs, don't you? It's like, oh, it looks easy. Well, no, not really, mate. You've got to write good songs. Do you know what I mean? We have honed it in over, like, you know, eight, what is it, nine albums. Oh, God, yeah. Kind of, you know, we know what we're doing. And that's the thing. I think that's always the case. The reason it can be perceived as easy is because of what you've done to get yourself to yeah. to this level. It's exactly like exercise. Yeah. Like it's easy yeah, for sure, someone yeah. who does kettlebell stuff all the time to throw a kettlebell about, yeah. but that's because he spent four yeah. years throwing that kettlebell about. Sure, sure. And it's now to totally. go and do it yeah. with ease and not break a sweat. And it's a similar yeah. thing there, I think. You get into that, yeah. that muscle memory. Uh, with me and Dan, it was always like, he doesn't need me over his shoulder like as he's making a beat because it's a slow process and... I like one of his pet peeves was always he'd send me like an early demo version. I'd write the whole track over it and go, it's perfect. It's done. And he'd be like, mate, that was, that that was my 10 minute version of the beat. That wasn't like what I was going to do as the finish thing. So it was like, he he learned that he's like, he needs me away from what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, And equally I write strolling about the street or driving or cooking or in the shower or wherever else Mm -hmm. it comes to you. It's not, it's yeah, often not as totally, easy yeah. as a here's the beat, right? Having a, a let's go again. I idolize so, the classic rap and the grind boys who can just jump in the booth and freestyle and go or whatever. But that's never been me. That's no, never been me. I've been. I need to craft it and put it all together. So yeah, that's, yes. that separation yeah. makes sense. I think it's, um, yeah, yeah. I think with that culture, with those cultures, it's like the freestyling thing is part of it, isn't it? Yeah. Whereas Perhaps with what yeah. with what we do, it's not so much. It's more of a, it's more of a that traditional method, I guess, uh, in some respects. Yeah, I guess that's where it is. Songwriting, isn't yeah. it? it's composed and it's put together. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. I mean, that, that to be able to sit there and just bang it out, or just off the top of your head, like you know, battling for one, it's just like fucking. How do you do that? <laughs> I, I, I did a track once, or I was, I was going to have gets on one of my tracks. And a big fan of Getz, I think he's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And he turned up at the studio, hadn't even l- listened to the track we were getting him to do a verse on. Yeah. was like, yeah. I'll just play me a bit. He enjoyed one little line, yeah. and you can't hide from the hearse ride. And he just started going off on stuff. And it was just amazing. And like it was it's amazing incredible. shit. Brilliant. It only ended up not working because of t- timings on certain bits. Okay. But okay. It was genuine. I sat there like, Man, this guy's just turned up, and he's just like he gets on with yeah. everyone, and then he yeah. just has yeah, five bang. minutes of bopping his head, yeah. and then yeah. just spits this amazing shit. But Incredible. that ain't me. Right. <laughs> Speaking on that, Jason, again, a lot of these these questions purely come from my own experiences. So if any of them don't connect, then you could just move on. But how long did it take you? to get comfortable with your voice and your delivery and all that kind of thing. Because I know early on, all I could hear was, that's me. That's yeah. not that's not Gil Scott Heron, or that's not Karis One, or that's not yeah. whoever, yeah. Saul Williams. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. And I think when you get comfortable is when you have the breakthrough. So for me, I had to, g- to g- get over hearing my own voice. And particularly in this era of 
I was quite early on in it, and you guys have been masters of it. Of you've got regional accents. You've you, yeah. like you're speaking in your own voice. It's not the yeah. Americanized. It's not yeah. this. It's not that. Yeah. Yeah. So that can take a minute to get to get used to. How, like, how was that f- for you? Yeah, I mean, I've still. I think I still sound quite coarse if I listen to myself. I really, I think, oh fucking hell! But <laughs> I know that pressed against Andrew's music, it's really effective. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like when we got together, doing it together, my voice was even more exposed than it was before I'd met Andrew. I was kind of tinkering with Sleaford on my own for a bit, but for some reason, when I met him, it felt even more exposed and even more you know, sort of provincial in the sense of the accent. But even though I wasn't over the moon about my voice, I knew that the combination of my voice and Andrew's music was very effective. Nobody else was doing it. It was literally, it was really quite bulletproof uh, and fresh, you know, and it, and that, that sort of, you know, in my mind that achieved what I set out as a musician to do, to write, decent fresh music that sticks out that is a good and b uh, i mean original is a bit dicey you know but that's something that is contemporary and talks about the here and now you know what i mean yeah and 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 how exciting and refreshing was it to find andrew and his production because people talk a lot about when a big producer f- 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 finds their their MC or their vocalist, and it's this big thing. But it's massive the other way, I think, because it seems so much easier all of a sudden. You'll hear this stuff, and go, I can write over that. Like you know, when you find someone who you click with, and you can yeah. instantly, I can write yeah. over that. I can write over that. I can yeah. write over that. Like, well, how was that? Particularly as you'd been doing it on your own for a while. Well, once I got over the fact that I didn't know. I didn't have the best ideas all of the time and uh, it, it was it was probably a good idea to sit there and just let Andrew put his thing into it in the sense of, you know, initially it was like, I've got a bass player, I'll bring him down, Andrew's like, I can play bass. I'm like, right, okay. And so once, you know, I oh, would go to this studio, Andrew's like, we don't need to go to a studio. You know, we can go to my house. I'm like, right, okay. Once I've got rid of all those amateurist sillinesses, uh, uh, no disrespect to people that we'd used or studios we went to, but, I mean, he just, his plate just opened up. It was quite weird, really. It was weird. It was like, what? (laughs) This is fucking, this is fucking brilliant. Yeah, this works so much better. So kind of speaking on that, Andrew, how has it been... Because again, I'm, I'm, it's constant comparison for, for me, but I'm going off my own experiences. I know that me and Dan had a period where there was a lot of pressure to add, like, add to our live show, add a bassist, add a guitarist, add a live drummer, all this kind of thing. And Dan was always like, "Yeah, that's not how I make it, so we don't need to add any of that." And yeah. we never did, and it was all yeah. the better for it. But I like, how's that 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 been on your side as you've grown and grown when you're just like, no, what we've got yeah. works, and in. In my opinion, I, I like seeing your Glastonbury performance or on Jules Holland or wherever else. It's more impactful that it's all just coming from two blokes. Yeah. Like it's just all mm. exploding yeah. out. Like, how's that been? I think we had that visual thing all the time anyway, didn't yeah. we, Jay? Um, yeah. You know, it was like, um, you know, when we were like small, we were like wedged between two noise bands. Yeah. You know, we were like 2013 was all kind of like, you know, art performance bands and stuff like that and... I think we kind of fitted in with that thing a little yeah. bit with the presentation. Yeah. And it was just really strong, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, it was like... Yeah, it was. And the popularity of it just grew and grew. So there was no... Didn't we want There's to no mess need with it, to, did we? To, uh, to change it? I, yeah, it's not... Yeah, There was you know. no... I mean, we, I was really taken by the noise thing. I mean, Andrew had been exposed to it a while longer than I had. He was kind of in the mix with that lot. But I just kind of, kind of fresh on to you know, getting exposed to that. And the idea of just, you know, bloking a balaclava with a mixer, <laughs> with a mix, small mixer on a desk, just Exactly, just that, that fitted brilliant. in with the times. Yeah, I mean, totally. when, when the Wank CD came out, you know, I wasn't, you know, on the stage with Jason. Right. So, um, but the gigs he was doing in Nottingham, were that, were that those kind of venues, that that's what was yeah. happening in 2015. Yeah. You know, music on the alternative scene was, hit a massive low and it was just like some bloke with his shirt off whipping a 
a sheet of metal, you know, with a chain <laughs> and stuff. Do you know? It's just, I mean, and that scene has got its own thing still, you know, still massively overlooked in the sense of, I think, yeah. how that contributes to what you would probably refer to as punk these days, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm. And it, you can definitely see it in, in acts... Uh, JPEG Mafia and uh, who's who's my man as well? Death Grips, yeah, uh, stuff stuff yeah. like that. You know, it's. I'm, um, I'm going to yeah. s- send you a, a YouTube video after this that my my brother f- f- found the other day. It's got like 11 views, but someone has made a fake Death Grips goodbye video and retirement. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's the weirdest thing in the world, but it's hilarious because it sounds like a Death Grips song. It's just the main guy kind of going, "We're calling it a day now." We've found different directions. It's, 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 it's bizarre, but I'll, I'll send it, Do it, so, it to you. you. But cool. yeah, I completely agree. I yeah. think people like Death Grips, I remember seeing them on one of their, their first UK shows and just my jaw on the floor because it's like, this isn't like any gig that I've seen before. This mm-hmm. is uncomfortable. This is overwhelming, yeah. but I don't want to yeah. leave. <laughs> you know, I want to yeah. yeah. endure it. And yeah. I thought that there was that that track that came out a month or two ago, Empire by Benefits, which yes. was another one that just yeah. the, the the use of the vocal distortion to be the only backing. Yeah, I loved it. It mm. excited me hugely. I don't know anything about Benefits. I don't know, know any more, but just that one thing, I was like, all right, because yeah. I get I sent a lot of stuff that's maybe a bit spoken word or whatever, and half the time it ain't my thing. No I, no, I I love my fan yeah. base, but half yeah. of them have got terrible taste, and it breaks yeah, my heart because sure, sure, they're really into sure. me. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. so I'll I'll get sent stuff all the time, and I'll watch it and be like, "Nah, it's bullshit." And that was one that I put on, and I was like, "All right, let's see what this is." And then it, yeah, it got me, man. Yeah, it's, it's good shit. It's that mix. It's the mix of the, the two, isn't it? It's going with that. Yeah, that's an interesting yeah, yeah. one because they do carry that noise vibe in there, don't they? You know. It's- yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you definitely. Know, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, they are very good. Definitely. So, so I mean, mm. a, another thing that that came to mind then. I always remember seeing. I think it was just as me and Dan were blowing up. It. I always remember seeing Billy Childish supporting F- F- Fugazi, and it was a it was at one of the big venues, a Shepherd's Bush or somewhere like that. And Billy and his band set up as if they were in the corner of a pub. They literally took up about an eighth of the stage and blew us away. And that was a real kind of moment again. Yeah, exactly. Say it works. Like you don't need to add all singing or dancing. You can just be in the middle of the stage and it'll be even more impactful because you're not having to try and fill this, this huge space. Mm, mm, Totally. Yeah. I think it reflects technology as well. You know, like where your average person's got to with technology, you know, everyone's podcasting or, you know, doing things on their phone. And it kind of reflects that that's where we've got to completely mm. uh, it's part of that diy thing which is which is what punk is isn't it you know, yeah so. fully fully uh, there's a really interesting period that when you were when you were on the radio and uh billy childish all that business yeah that was a really interesting period mm. kind of myspace period or late myspace period going into facebook period you yeah. know what i mean it was uh mm. yeah i remember hearing your tune on um on the radio in my sister's hairdressers Amazing. And, uh, and being totally taken by that paedophile line, you know what I mean? Yep. Just, yeah. like, just fucking banged it, nail on the edge, you know, brilliant. And again, that was a, a, a mad thing. And I want to talk about this because I feel you guys have done really good to just keep into what you are as it blows up. But as soon as you start to get that exposure, it can be easy to start to go, oh, so what do we need to be? And how do we need to sound? Like wh- the The thing that me and Dan found early was, our single that blew up was had no chorus. It wasn't three minutes long. Yeah. It didn't have any of the things that you need yeah. to be popular. So we had that to go, all right, cool. Well, we don't have to adhere to yeah. that stuff. Then. Yeah. You know, we yeah. can make what we want, but it's easy to fall into that. What do we need to be? Now we're yeah. getting more exposure. There's more ears on us. We're getting played in the background of hairdressers. You know, yeah. what do we need to do to keep sure. the audience? So, sure, sure, so how have sure. you guys found that on keeping your voice and your, and your sound? I think the initial, the uh, Austerity Dogs was a slow uh, version of the rant thing that became more established on Divided Exit. Yeah. And we just cottoned on, well, I cottoned on to, uh, from my point of view, cottoned on to that vibe of like, this is where I want to go with it. The rant, this is really fresh. This is blah, blah, blah. And Andrew, 
you know, did what he did with that. Definitely the same. Yeah, view, really. You know, you know, the, Austerity's got a different kind of vibe yeah. on it. It's got different yeah. tracks. You know, it's got some sort of like mid tempo, yeah. more sort of you know groovy numbers on it and stuff. So just to keep that variety in there as well. Definitely. So it's not like a that's not like a whole album's like really fast yeah. tracks. It's just quite a lot of dynamic to yeah. it. So just to keep that mixture of music in there as well, mm. you know, which is definitely on austerity and then and then again on every album that we sure. do. Sure, you know. you're right. I think it's quite exciting when we do gigs to sort of like just play a completely different sound almost, but within our own yeah. sound makes it quite exciting. You know, you can tell that the people at the gig get really excited by that, you know. Yeah. You know, it's, it keeps it the whole hour or hour and a half really fresh, doesn't it? Well, I, th- yeah. I think well, the, a, a mistake that a lot of people make and what happened at the end of the initial wave of punk and even more so in, in new punk was that it was all about sp- sp- speed. You go and you go back and, and, yeah. and look at the BPMs on Nevermind the Buzzcocks. Uh, bollocks. Yeah, right. uh, uh, yeah, sorry, yeah, not the TV yeah. show. On, on yeah. Nevermind the, the Bollocks. <laughs> they're, they're all pretty yeah. slow songs, yet they sure. feel like yeah. they're sprinting because of the yeah. passion and venom uh-huh, in uh-huh, them. And it's uh-huh. that it's that variation. That's I think, it. again, it's, it's what you guys n- n- nail is you'll have stuff that speeds up, but you'll have some of the most intense stuff isn't even... It's it isn't fast. flying through. Absolutely. It feels it because it's got that energy. It's usually but it's, like, it's, it's a reasonable tempo. It. Mm. Mm. Like if we, if it's like Jolly Fucker or yeah. one of those tunes, people are actually just like watching Jason to like digest the the fast rant, like sort of poetry wise. But then you know it's usually I know it's on a lot of tours. Like in the middle, of, they'll be like TCR. That'll be the track where everyone starts crowding. Yeah. it's like yeah, <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> I love that shit. So another thing, I mean, I've mentioned uh, the, the Sex Pistols there, and J- Johnny Rotten was a master yeah. of this. But, but uh, Jason, how much time and enjoyment do you put into enunciation and, pr- and pronunciation? Because I really feel, particularly on, on, on some of the live clips I've seen, I always I used to find it as well. Yes, you're performing in your v- v- voice, but there is the mixture of spoken and singing and it allows you to really stretch out words to change how words sound (laughs) and that can be the best parts and it can be the kind of iconic and most enjoyable bit that this is how how have i got three syllables out of this word it's it's kind of you know well we're really big a lot of this like I mean, at the minute i'm a real big fan of like saying cunt but saying it like it's your cunt yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look at that cunt. Look at that twat. You cunt. So, like, anything like, anything like that. I love putting it on tweets and I like saying it as well. It's like, so playing around with stuff like that, I think if you get the tone of it, a word right, the word doesn't have to even be anything, you know, outlandish. It could just be the word the or... yeah. Or whatever. If you get the I had, I had one right. that on, on, is one of my favourite ones, and I'd always get hype or, or praise on. Was I just said the word w- w- weird, but I'd say it as weird, weird. So it's like two different things. Yeah, yeah. Beginning yeah. to one the tracks is. Yeah. I know it sounds weird, but just that it's it was perfect for me. I'd enjoy it in in recording, and then yeah, it's that simple thing. It's made it punch. That's not a a dangerous word or a standout word. It's but... not, but it's it, you can imagine that's that, that's how you'd say it, or yeah. that's how you'd say it in order to get a point across. And it really resonates with people. Yeah. People don't necessarily have to get what you're talking about, but just the way you say words. And we found this out, particularly with the words, and also particularly with Andrew's music. They, they might not get it or even like it, but it resonates with them still because for some reason it connects. You know, it's familiar. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I love it. Well, can I ask both of you a bit on your kind of influences as as you came together? It feels like you both influenced each other a lot because you were both kind of in different places and then started to. It was the coming together that gave yeah. that direction. But starting with Andrew, I guess who who were your kind of people that you would look up to or want to emulate in some way? I don't know, man. It's hard to hard question. I mean, a lot of stuff. You mentioned Fugazi. Yeah. I saw Fugazi at uh, Marcus Garvey yeah. Centre. But I've, I think I've always tried to protect myself from being a bit of a fan of of uh, you know being a sycophant for a certain artist or 
there's loads of things that I like, but like I had a mate that was a really good musician. He's obsessed with David Bowie. He used to wear a dress and stuff. And uh, he just couldn't make any yeah. good music because he was just absorbed by David yeah, Bowie, sure. you know. So I was just, I was always really aware of that. Like you've got to, if you want to do it yourself, you've got to keep, yeah, keep away. T- take the key <laughs> principles or whatever. Like instantly, Fugazi, yeah. you're wearing a, a Wu-Tang shirt. That They were both bands who wouldn't, obsess over polishing everything and making it perfect it'd be about the vibe and the feel i always yeah, remember yeah. when wu-tang played yeah. glastonbury and it, everyone was complaining yeah. saying it sounded awful the sound was awful it's like no that's how those tracks are produced you listen yeah. to that through a really big system <laughs> yeah, they sound like it. shit they sound they're really but shady it's like, beats so it's yeah, like that's why yeah. everyone's yeah. like oh, Furry, the production yeah. was awful yeah. it's like no that's wu-tang yeah. <laughs> it's meant to be in a grimy club yeah. not in a field yeah. No, that's why it sounds shit, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the reaction to that performance. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's about taking those those ideas, isn't it? You know, taking those uh, those things. So I suppose you just kind of cherry pick if you actually want to make yeah. it yourself. But you know, just just everything, you know. And 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 that essence, I, I always remember when we started to get attention, the buzz I'd get any time anyone would mention punk because our music didn't sound punk, but I grew up on punk and. Mixing me with Dan, yeah. it didn't sound punk. So, I, but I'm so glad any time that that punk influence came through because that's what I, I grew up yeah. on. So, so what yeah. about you, Jason? Yeah, influence yeah. wise, who comes to mind? Um, loads of people, but again, I mean, I think the reason why me and Andrew get on so well is because we eerily had the same values. We were obsessed with it, wanted to get somewhere with it, but at the same time took certain things with a pinch of salt because you knew they could be potential pitfalls. But, I don't know, loads of people, Leiden, Weller, the list goes on, Wu-Tang, yeah. Public Enemy. Yeah. I've taken from all of these things, fucking, even things like Jason Statham's narration on Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which, yeah. Which was, Brilliant. you know, I'm sorry to say, you know, probably part of, the reason why I started doing spoken word. Mike Skinner, yeah. do you know what I mean? Definitely Mike Skinner. Even yourself, that moment in my sister's eardresses, yeah. that that also cemented a uh, you know the idea that this was acceptable. Yeah. This this could be done. Yeah. You know, you know, the list goes on and on and on. It could be anything. You know, the sound the sound of people yeah. at last orders was a big inspiration. Yeah when the music stopped and people were just chatting shit off their heads, you know, I really wanted to capture that because that was my world. Do you know what I mean? I love that. Mm. I love that. Well, speaking of, of your, your world at that, that, that point, one of the things I wanted to talk about was dreams versus reality, because I think it's a really interesting thing, particularly when you're working class and you're looking at bands and you're into music, like you're a big music head. You're looking at things like Glastonbury, or playing on Jules Holland and stuff like that. And sometimes the dream is the dream, and it's exactly what you expect. And sometimes it's it's not. My personal experiences of Glastonbury were some of my absolute favourite moments, and some periods again, they're not even paying us. <laughs> we're dragging oh, all our shit through oh, through yeah, this. Right. Like you're getting on for the honour of playing at Glastonbury. Again, equally, genuinely, some of my favourite moments. But yeah, have you got any kind of feelings on those dream versus a, a reality like let's start with Jules Holland how was that because that is one that you look at as a musician and go man to get to go and be part of that would be your your, your favorite mm. day out right I just remember looking back at it yeah. and Andrew looked, just looked like Clint Eastwood it was just so fucking cool <laughs> he really did like with the shade of the hat your, your peak on your hat the shade coming down and covering the top half of your face I thought that was fucking genius. And I don't know if that was by accident uh, in the sense of where they put us. I think it was by accident. The lighting came down on your face and you just looked like the man with no name. You know what I mean? I love it. Wow. And I just thought this looks great. And that, for me anyway, ever since seeing Paul Weller on there doing As My Fire Really Go, I've gone out and seen Portishead on there. Uh, yeah. Oasis, you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I really just wanted to go on there. It's about the only thing we've got left yeah. from yeah, like, yeah. our generation of, uh, yeah. you know, music sure. television and sort of used to have a lot of stuff, and it's 
it's kind of all dried up and that's the only thing that's left yeah. and it, it's also got this kind of like you know it's kind of a benchmark isn't it you know it's quite I kind of can't believe we actually did go on it. In a no, way. amazing. <laughs> it's weird, but, isn't it? It's really weird. Yeah. Like, yeah, we just, yeah, in the same room with like Bert Bacharach and stuff. And, like, hell. Lavi yeah. sister, you yeah. know, it's I, surreal. I, I genuinely, I think you boys are part of a big, m- a period of Jules Holland where they had a breakthrough and they realised that you could put, yeah, sure, like just two blokes on there. Or, or I always remember when. Adele was on there for the first yeah. time and she was after Paul McCartney. Yeah. Paul McCartney had a full band, all this, and there was pressure on Adele at the point. Yeah. At that point, you go yeah. on Jules, you've got to have a big thing. And she just sat there with an acoustic guitar on a yeah. stool, yeah. blew it away. Yeah. And similarly, if you've had Backpack all singing or dancing, and then it cuts to a bloke whose face you can only see the chin off and another one who's just going for it. Just screaming in a Paul Smith T-shirt, which I was immensely proud about. Just everything that I wanted to, to look it. like on TV on Jules Holland, it came true. It's weird. <laughs> it was. It was quite special. Um, I love it. I've got to say, we, I think we've been really lucky in the sense that you know, once from austerity, uh, it just kind of kicked yeah. off, didn't it? You know, so we. We've been lucky that we haven't experienced that kind of ebb and flow that a lot of bands have had to. I mean, we've suffered yeah, before yeah, that, totally. you know, with un- unsex- unsuccessful yeah, things. Yeah. But, you know, from that point, it's just kept growing, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, as I mean, it's one of the things I wanted to talk about, and I know it's kind of, you get asked about it all the time, but it's an amazing story and kind of how l- late in your careers that this all happened. Like, you're not 18-year-old kids out there having it kind of thing it's like it happened later but it happened with the excitement and energy of that 18 year old kids band like in my in my mind you guys were an overnight success and then when I started to do more research I was like oh no it's not but that's because it had that energy and passion from the fan base from you guys so yeah that must be amazing right <laughs> to to be at that point probably in your lives where you're like oh here's what life is here's what works to then go no yeah. it's all it's happening it was it was it was definitely kind of a gift you know in, in a way sort of um and just really surprising you know that um that it just kicked off yeah you know i think we were both at the point where we tried a lot of things that hadn't really worked i was making like electronica music on like small labels that aren't going to be big, you know, thinking, oh, well, this is this is what I do. I make music that's never going to be yeah, really popular. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's an amazing ex- so, acceptance know. at that point, isn't it? Well, this is my niche. This yeah. is my area. This it's, is... Yeah. <laughs> there are loads of people in it, in, in that world. When yeah, me and Dan were starting off, everyone we yeah. knocked about with was like, yeah, 30 people yeah. will ever hear this, but they're going to really appreciate it. Yeah, sure, it. yeah. We <laughs> and got that's, that. yeah. And that's fine. Totally. Which, that. is, yeah. which is great, yeah. You know, I'm not knocking we, that. We totally awesome. got that. I think... More so than anything, there was yeah. obviously when when it all kicked off, but uh, it, very memorable, and I've got lots of memories about it. But the one thing that defines it for me was going round Andrews after work one night, and we'd both been paid like three hundred quid or something. And I went, "Oh fucking hell, it's great to have a bit of money." And he went, it's "Fucking brilliant, mate! <laughs> <laughs> fucking brilliant, mate!" So. I mean, it's it's unheard of. Do you know what I mean? There's so many. I mean, Nottingham's full of artists that that you know that are various levels of good to great. You know, and they don't make that much money. They don't make no. Money. You know, musicians get treated like shit yeah. in general. You know, uh, so, we just you know we we, we um, just thought you know oh we'll get a bit of respect in Nottingham. You know, bit of recognition in Nottingham, and we did a couple of gigs in Europe, and yeah. that that really upped the game for us and we were quite happy with that weren't we and then yeah and then it just went yeah. i remember getting yeah. to, to to go and play in amsterdam at the paradiso for the first time and thinking this is it mate this isn't this yeah, isn't sure. local this isn't even that first yeah, thing of yeah. playing in europe yeah. it's like <laughs> yeah. this is proper yeah. like we're not making much but this is proper yeah. there's people here who know who we are yeah. and they yeah it's mm-hmm. mad right yeah, absolutely. The first the first time we went uh, to Germany, we played Hamburg, Bremen, and uh, Berlin, and the and the Hamburg gig was at the Golden Food. Yeah, and legendary. Some guy had made giant posters of the cans 
and there's a fence that runs along the side and put them all Amazing. along it, you know and we were like what is what going on it was insane <laughs> wasn't it and just just getting off the yeah. uh i think we got a tram to the docks didn't we or something and i walked along hamburg docks yeah. and I just couldn't, yeah, I just they couldn't have the, believe they, it. They have the Docklands Festival yeah, on the docks yeah. and it's run by the Golden Poodle. I couldn't believe players, it. it. It's such yeah. a mad one, the Golden yeah. Poodle, because outside of touring Brilliant. bands, it's not known no. about, it's not this iconic place, but it's fucking like, uh, uh, we played there and we it's, had it booked. It's like, all right, is what it is. Yeah. We got there. It was like, no, this is special. Yeah. This is yeah. a bit of it's history. Very special, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Doing yeah. like, yeah. signing yeah. albums after and like, you know, the massive yeah. queue and, like, you're pissed up. Blokes were like, some, some blokes like, like, I haven't got any money, but I'll give you a line of coke for a CD. I said, yeah, go on then. <laughs> <laughs> the little deals and exchanges. Yeah. Just incredible, it. yeah. Amazing. Well, I mean, sp- speaking of, um, of people getting it, one of the people that got you guys early on was Liam Howlett. And, and Liam's a power. I'm a huge fan of him. How was it working with Liam and uh, and doing some stuff? Well, it was. I just did a vocal for uh, for what yeah. Uh, yeah. Liam sort of got in touch and sort of said, you know, do you fancy putting a vocal on a tune? I couldn't believe it, really. You know, I mean, yeah, quite a big thing. You know, so yeah, it was, I mean, it was weird. You know, I just did I did the tune at the studio in Knotts. Uh, another mate engineered it for us. Uh, and uh, did about four or five variations of Ibiza and then just sent it back and he was, he'd chop it up, send it back, what do you think to this? Yeah, okay, uh, what about that bit? Okay, okay, and then he'd send it back. Yeah, the thing is with Liam, he was really feet on the ground, really, really respectful, uh, yeah. not an air of arrogance about him uh, and with any of them actually, all of them were really good, uh, really good yeah. lads. Uh, really respectful, but at the same time, they were obviously very important, still are, you know. So it's, um, you felt that as well, kind of. But, you know, really generous, nice people. Uh, and it's uh, it's something that I won't forget, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, what's your kind of reaction in times like that? When these bands or I start reaching out, are you a, well, yeah, of course, you know, I'm part of this, this world, or I... Do you get excited? Because I always remember I would. I remember Fatboy Slim emailing me and asking me to do record the lines Fatboy Slim just a bands uh, so he can do a version of Thou Shout Live, and just being like as if I've just got a random email off Fatboy Slim. Just again, I'm still living at home at my mum's house, <laughs> like up the road from where I live now, Brilliant. and I'm like, Mum. F- Fatboy Slim's just emailed me asking if I can go in my bedroom, <laughs> put the mattresses up, and record the words Fatboy Slim just a band. And it's madness. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it must have been like that from getting a word from Liam or any of the other bands that you've you've done shows with and all sorts of other stuff and got love from. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you take it in your stride, don't you, Andrew? It's like it's important to to kind of not get too you know, it's work. You have to kind of get over it, don't you? Yeah, you, know? you do. And then it becomes like these people turn into your friends. Uh, they're kind of the only people you start talking to, people in the industry, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> you kind of veer away from your old life, you know. And Not that we had, you know, a great deal of friends, but you, you kind of just talk to people you've met on the job. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But who are you a fan of at the moment? Like, like who at the moment excites you and, and you're into? Uh, let's have a look. Who am I listening to at the minute? Flock of Seagulls, uh, Fiction Factory. Wow. These are like 80s stuff. Um, just uh, Aldous Harding I'm still listening to. Amel and the Sniffers' new album I quite like. You know, that's really good. Joy Orbison I'm quite into yeah. at the minute. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's not bad. The Bugs' new album, Fire. That's really good. Stuff like that, really. I love it. Anything come to mind for you, Andrew? Are you are you happy to to, to co-sign? Um, just listened to a bit of JPEG yep. recently. Quite into him. There's a band called Badger right. that I like. They're like a two-piece sort of like Newcastle band. I need to check I them out. Yeah, them. I'm familiar. Quite yeah, small yeah, band. Yeah, yeah. I don't know really. Just like again, old stuff. Um, listening to Disco by the yep. Pet Shop Boys the other day, which is like twelve-inch mixes. Amazing! Um, the Pet Shop Boys were just brilliant, absolutely next yeah. level, right? Yeah, brilliant. And, uh, yeah, uh, totally. Uh, totally. Yeah, but totally. the early stuff. 
Erasure as well. At that point, I was a kid and my dad was into Pet Shop Boys and Erasure. I had no time for it at all. And then years later, um, A-Track came on and I was just like, this is this is fucking amazing. This is, yeah, this is next next level. <laughs> and that's really interesting on Pet Shop Boys because they were kind of ahead of yeah. Skinner, of, of anyone else, of this kind of speaking... It's... it's sp- yeah. 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 Rap. yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I think, and also, talking about Pet Shop Boys, um, Death Grips did that remix yeah. on that album, didn't they? Of They sampled, they sampled a Pet Shop right. Boys tune. Oh, really? I, th- I think it was West End right. Girls or something like that. Yeah. Right. Okay. But this disco's all like twelve-inch mixes. Right, okay. They're just brilliant okay. versions. They're like remixed by I called Chef Epitone. Okay. Right. Two of them. Yeah. West End Girls. Sure. And Love Comes Quickly. Twelve-inch sure. mix. Just yeah. Amazing. That sounds awesome. So, so what's ahead, lads? As I said, d- during this pandemic, you've smashed out a great album. Are you excited to get to get out and amongst it? Um, yeah. What's the plan? Yeah. It's weird because yeah. it's been like it's nearly a year old, and yeah. particularly I, I don't know how Andrew's felt about it, but it's been like I need to get a tour, I need to start touring, I need to be in the mix of a tour to to, to know what these new songs mm. feel like, really, because the festival appearances have been like good, but it's they're just one-off gigs and then they stop, and I need to do a yeah. continuous run of gigs to experience spare ribs in its completeness yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah it's like uh everything's been yeah. on pause hasn't it yeah there's a couple of festivals we've done have been quite good acid tests for a lot yeah. of new stuff there, but, yeah uh, N- new music is what makes touring and gigging exciting right it's 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 what gives it yeah. that, that that new element i know that a lot of people always mm. ask me why i stopped touring and this this the stopping touring only came because i stopped writing music it's like it it was never about the adulation of of here's the hits and gets a big reaction. That's that's a wicked. It was the excitement of going. I need to hear this in front of a crowd and in a, ve- a venue and see how the song evolves and develops and, f- and find it. So once I've stopped writing as such, it was like no, nah, that's yeah. I don't need it anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I don't sure. need to play live sure. anymore. Sure. So that must be a weird one to have yeah. released a record and not really got to to get to to grips with it. Yes. For- it's just a bit, yeah. I think, but also not because I don't, one of the main concerns for me is if everything's all right in the band. And I think we've like been the happiest we've ever been, I think. So that in itself is like yeah. really, really good. It's like that really is, sort yeah. of puts a bridge over any minor discrepancies that might rear their heads, which is alienation from the songs you've recorded uh, and released yeah. you know yeah it's a weird one but in a lot of respects for us for me as i said earlier you know the lockdown's been really good for us you know it's kind of as andrew said it's been business as usual but also there's been a lot of good positivity come out of it's a horrible thing to say but lots of people have um, changed their lives even if they've lost their business they've kind of like come out the other end of it a bit a bit better, you know, and a bit yeah. more happy with themselves. Or and there's so many people that have... I think a lot of people have had to find what they want to do rather than what they are doing. Yeah, as such. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's weird, isn't it? Well, thank you very much, agents. That's been as as flown by, and yeah. I'm glad we got to do it. As said, me and and Jason have spoken a few times on, on DMs. I've not had a chance to, to to chat to you properly, Andrew. So yeah, I appreciate what both of you are doing. Yeah. I'm excited for what's ahead. Yeah, I've enjoyed that. It was, it was, it's good to talk. Cool, man. Nice to meet you. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's nice to meet you. You've been listening to Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces. There we go. That was the Sleaford mods as ever. I'm always a little bit surprised when someone brings up, you know, an awareness of my work, let alone being influenced in any way. So that just was beautiful to hear from Jason. I said, I'm a fan of the dude. I'm a fan of the music and the human. Um, so that was that was w- wicked to hear. Yeah, it's popped up once or twice. And it's always a, 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 a shock. I'm in interviewer mode, or I'm in actor mode in general at the moment, but interviewer mode in these moments. So that's always a nice surprise. So 
big love to Jason for that one. And yeah, I just really enjoyed that conversation. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Next week, I'm going to have two episodes, I think. I reckon. Shall I tell you? They're both really good. Paul Chowdhury, I reckon I'm going to put out on Monday. And Edgar Wright, I'm going to put out on Wednesday. So that's a pretty good combination of of guests for you there. Um, Yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you have a lovely week. And I will see... In fact, ahead of that Edgar Wright one, as soon as Last Night in Soho comes out, go and check it out. I loved it. I loved it. And again, also, if you've not caught Venom 2 yet, go and catch that. That was an amazing one to be part of. Yeah, I'll see you all next week. Until then, stay safe and stay sane. Ta-ta.